Everybody, this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement building show. And today's show, we're going to spend the whole show around the theme call on Bernie Sanders to withdraw his call to overthrow the government of Venezuela. I would hope that most of our listeners do not want the United States government to overthrow the Venezuelan government. I'm sure some of you just love your Bernie Sanders, but I'm hoping that those of you who do also believe that if a Democratic Party can, they calls for a war or calls for an invasion or calls for a coup or calls for a overthrowing of another people's government, that you would stand up against him on that policy. We're going to want you to call Bernie Sanders' office today at 202 224 5141-202-224-5141. Now, of course, before you do that, you're going to say, why am I calling Bernie Sanders' office? So I'm going to give you a little background, and then we're going to play the clip from the Democratic debate, Bernie, in his own words. Uh, and it's very important. So here's what's going on. I, I am going to be doing at least the next two shows on the Democratic debates I listen to them, then I tape them, and then I go back and I find, find, listen, you know, and I pause and I try to really watch each candidate. I knew that Bernie did something terrible, but I didn't understand, or I did understand the full extent of it, but I had to hear it again and see it again on the TV. So here's the frame, and you're going to make your own decision. Uh, there's a very popular... Uh, newscaster, and uh, I'm trying to get his name. I should. I'm sorry. Um, Jorge Ramos, who's now, he's on Univision, and he's uh, the new darling of the media because he asks hard questions on immigration. He's very pro-Latino about the United States. He's also very anti-communist, which is the whole United States. So, So is Bernie, in my opinion. So they they both agree that the United States should be better, but neither of them apparently agree about stopping the United States in the world today. So what happens is that Jorge Ramos, trying to put Bernie on the spot, challenges him, basically saying, are you a communist? Because you said you're a socialist, and calls on him to attack Nicolas Maduro, the duly elected president of Venezuela. You'd expect Bernie to stand up and say, this is no, this is uh, 
the United States should not be involved in judging other people's countries. I'm against the Monroe Doctrine. I'm against any kind of intervention. But instead, in order to protect his own, what I call imperialist socialism, he does a vicious hit job on Nicolas Maduro. And, on, and on, as you listen carefully, he calls for an international and regional body to go into Venezuela and call for free elections except for one problem. They already had free elections. And what in the world are Democratic Party people talking about the elections in other countries except to overthrow them as they did with Salvador Allende? So that's the frame. You listen now and see what you think. Vamos a hablar de América Latina. You haven't been asked about Latin America in the previous debate. So uh, let's begin. Uh, Senator Sanders, one country where many immigrants are arriving from is Venezuela. A recent UN fact-finding mission found that thousands have been disappeared, tortured, and killed by government forces in Venezuela. You admit that Venezuela does not have free elections, but still you refuse to call Nicolás Maduro un dictador, a dictator. Can you explain why, and what are the main differences between your kind of socialism and the one being imposed in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua? Well, first of all, let me be very clear. Anybody who does what Maduro does is a vicious tyrant. What we need now is international and regional cooperation for free elections in Venezuela so that the people of that country can make and can create their own future. Two sentences. One, you demonize the president of another country, and then you say, we need an international and regional cooperation of who? The United States, France, and regional cooperation. Who's in the region? Cuba? No, he doesn't support Cuba. Nicaragua? No. So what he's saying is, I support, Bernie Sanders is saying, I support a so-called peacekeeping group to come in and call for free elections when they already had free elections. It's outrageous, but more importantly than that, you know that John Bolton was just uh, gotten rid of by Trump, and he's a big interventionist. You know Elliot Abrams and the CIA are already in Venezuela. So let's be clear. If they ever move against Nicolas Maduro, they're going to say even Bernie Sanders, the socialist, said that he's a brutal tyrant. So to me, it's unacceptable, and if you agree with me, that we want you to call 202-224-5141 and say the following. Senator Sanders, withdraw your demand for an international force to invade Venezuela, because that's what it is. Let's be clear. When he says international cooperation to carry out free elections in Venezuela, what in the world does that mean? You can't carry out free elections in a country that had them unless you plan to overthrow that government, either directly or indirectly. Stop your slander of President Nicolas Maduro, issue an apology to the Venezuelan people, and join the anti-intervention movement now. Now, uh, Sanders' attack on Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro was a response to the challenge to his socialism by anti-communist Univision commentator Jorge Ramos, and you heard it again. Now, 
This is the answer I wish Bernie is giving, and that when you call his office, you tell him that's what you want him to do. Call and leave a message. Senator Sanders, we do not agree with your position on Venezuela. Please change your position. Do not call for intervention in the internal affairs of Venezuela. Now, the other thing is, I really need you to do this. This is not, uh, this is not, uh, my email is eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. I'm urging you to call and leave a message. Call again tomorrow during uh, East Coast time and send me an email telling me that you did it. I want to know we have at least 15 or 20 listeners who would do something because I do a lot of work on the show. I do like six hours today just getting ready for the show. I'm assuming 15 or 20 people listening to the show would call Senator Sanders and tell him what he did was wrong, I hope. If not, it does raise questions to me why I do the show. Secondly, you can write me at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. I get all these emails from, uh, by now I call them the Bernie lunatics. They're, you can't criticize this guy. They're true believers. Instead of saying you had a good point here, because you know two weeks ago I said he did a very good job at the Native American meeting. Didn't get any emails. But if you criticize them, I'm sure I will. So eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. I'd like some emails saying yes. I'm a Bernie supporter, but this is outrageous and this is wrong, and I agree with you. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see what happens. Now, this is what I'd like Bernie to have said. Can you explain why and what are the differences between your kind of socialism and that being imposed on Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua? Notice all pro-communist socialist countries and real socialist countries. See, Bernie lives in Vermont, but there's no black people, no Latinos. He can dream of socialism all he wants. But these people have actually built socialism. Okay. So this is what he should say. To begin with, his name is duly elected President Nicolas Maduro. Calling him Maduro is racist and insulting. I believe that the nations of Latin America have the right to self-determination. It's our government, our CIA does destabilizing the government of Venezuela. The way have done so to El Salvador, Nicaragua, Cuba in the past since the Monroe Doctrine. I, Bernie Sanders, am worried that we have so many black people in prison in the U.S. have violated the human and voting rights of black and Latinos that we cannot have free elections in the U.S. I, Bernie Sanders, call on the United Nations to intervene in the United States to protect our voting rights now. I would never call for a regional and international force, which simply means the U.S. government, to call for, quote, free elections, when in fact Nicolas Maduro was elected through free elections. I do not want, and I want you to listen to this, I do not want in any way to lead to the violent overthrow and possible assassination of President Maduro by repeating the lies of calling him a vicious tyrant. I want to distance myself, said Bernie Sanders, the one that you'd like to believe is Bernie Sanders, from the U.S. ideology expressed by Henry Kissinger just before the fascist coup in Chile that assassinated duly elected President Salvador Allende and then set up death squads under Pinochet, killing thousands and thousands of people. And if they overthrow Maduro, don't 
understand, just as there's fascism in Brazil, that's what they're going to do. Free elections, no way. They're going to first kill all the communists, kill all the revolutionaries, kill the campesinos, and then is Bernie going to come in on his white, 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 white horse and supervise the death of an election? No way. So just before the United States overthrew Allende, Henry Kissinger said, I don't see why we need to stand by and watch a country go communist because of the irresponsibility of its own people. So you have to understand that Henry Kissinger and Bernie think alike, which is if Bernie doesn't like the election in Venezuela, he says it's not a free election. I'm sorry, it was a free election. Democrats don't like that Trump got elected. It wasn't a free election. When Obama gets elected, it's a free election. So let me tell you something. These people have no commitment to anything. Not free elections. All they want is in. Okay, now we're going to listen to Bernie's socialism, and I'm going to preface this. Listen to Bernie's socialism. Number one, he says he likes Canada and Scandinavia. That's pretty white. Now, there are many indigenous First Nations in Canada, but that's not what he's talking about. So he's saying his socialism is fundamentally a European socialism, not a third world socialism. Number two, listen to how pathetic. This isn't socialism. This is simply what I call imperialism with benefits. Okay, Bernie, let's hear about your wonderful socialism. In terms of democratic socialism, to equate what goes on in Venezuela with what I believe is extremely unfair. I'll tell you what I believe in terms of democratic socialism. I agree with what goes on in Canada and in Scandinavia guaranteeing health care to all people as a human right. I believe that the United States should not be the only major country on earth not to provide paid family and medical leave. I believe that every worker in this country deserves a living wage and that we expand the trade union movement. I happen to believe also that what, to me, democratic socialism means is we deal with an issue we do not discuss enough, Jorge, not in the media and not in Congress. You got three people in America owning more wealth than the bottom half of this country. You got a handful of billionaires controlling what goes on in Wall Street, the insurance companies, and in the media. Maybe, just me, maybe, what we should be doing is creating an economy that works for all of us, not 1%. That's my understanding of democracy. Yeah, that's his understanding of democratic socialism, but let me tell you what I think his understanding is. As he said, please, it's very unfair to compare me to Venezuela. On that one, I agree, Bernie. Uh, it's very unfair to insult the Venezuelans with your, you know, it's not even New Deal Democratic Party politics. There's nothing socialist about it. But there's a long tradition in Europe and the United States of people calling them socialists, who the communists and the anti-imperialists call social imperialists. What we mean by that, not just what they mean by that, what I mean by that, is, as you see, Bernie Sanders does not support Venezuela or Nicaragua or Cuba. So therefore, he must support United Fruit, and he must support all the corporations that have uh, pillaged Latin America for 
500 years, starting with the Spanish. And then what he says is after we steal the wealth, because understand when he says the 1% and the 99%, he just means in the United States. After we steal the wealth from the third world, and what are you going to give me? I forgot. Free the free tuition and this and that. Folks, that's not what the world is about right now. The world is about that the Amazon is burning up because there's a fascist in Brazil, that Lula is in prison in Brazil, that Hugo Chavez is so sad that he died, and Nicolas Maduro took over and is actually doing a great job, but the United States has people inside Venezuela trying to overthrow it. Now, we're very fortunate. Our good friend of the Labor Community Strategy Center and Voices, Jeanette Charles, was on our show about six or eight weeks ago on a similar problem about Venezuela. She gives her own description now about socialism in Venezuela. And you're right. There's no comparison between the real socialism in Venezuela and the white imperialist socialism of Bernie Sanders. You listen for yourself and see what country you'd rather live in. Of course, um, definitely. I mean, Venezuela, for so many millions of people around the world, represents an incredible revolutionary process that has essentially, in the last 20 years, made great strides in questions of national sovereignty and self-determination um, and essentially reparations. Venezuela is emerging as a socialist nation, trying to uh, redistribute the wealth that has been denied um, millions of Venezuelans for decades, if not centuries, under European colonialism and U.S. imperialism, you know, first with the nationalization of oil and the redistribution of wealth and resources into social services. In the last six years alone, Venezuela has built um, over two million homes um, in public housing. And I really want to emphasize this because that is such a crisis in the United States and globally. Um, And a country of 32 million people, and they've built two million homes um, for families that did not have their own homes before, working class people um, who've really, you know, this is not a privilege, it's a right. Um, and so we've seen, you know, incredible achievements in education and healthcare. And, you know, just to kind of respond to um, your anecdote about the 2005 elections, you know, we have seen in the last 20 years, 25 democratic elections in Venezuela all different levels from presidential elections to the National Constituent Assembly elections to municipal elections to legislative elections. And each and every election have been has been observed by international institutions, organizations, delegations. Um, with Venezuela Analysis, we had a, a presidential election observation delegation last May. And everyone from the activists, the lawyers and the journalists that we had on that delegation incredibly honored but also very surprised um, to see that what they were hearing and listening to in mainstream U.S. media and even some independent and allegedly progressive and left (laughs) media in the United States were painting Venezuela. Um, You know, and I always like to emphasize that in Venezuela, you know, democracy is measured by popular participation and their polls, not their polls, excuse me, their elections, Um, whereas the United States, it's popularity polls. Um, And in Venezuela, the people have exercise their right again, you know, to defend the revolutionary process by electing President Nicolas Maduro, whose government has been under attack and the Venezuelan people have been under attack very steadily for many years during Chavez's administration and more heavily so 
um, since Nicolás Maduro took presidency in 2013. And we've seen in the last year, from assassination attempts to the uh, self-declaration of Juan Guaido as interim president, that the coup is continuing, and the U.S.-backed um, forces are becoming desperate. Tell us just uh, one background, uh, then I want to go to the present, is tell us about the racial composition of the Venezuelan people in terms of Afro-Venezuelans and indigenous Venezuelans. Of course. Venezuela is a black-majority country. More than 60% of the population identifies of African descent or black um, in the 2010 census. Um, It was the first time that people were allowed to... um, declare themselves as Afro-descendant or African-descendant, and overwhelmingly people identify across across that spectrum. There are dozens of indigenous nations across the country. There's actually an indigenous university in Venezuela, in Bolivar State, that has really um, captured the spirit of of historically um, revolutionary resistance by behalf of the indigenous people. People from across the country go there. Um, there have been a lot of rights um, that have been gained, both for indigenous peoples and Afro-Venezuelans. Um, a no discrimination law has been you know, implemented across the country. Different types of a cooperation models and agreements economically, politically, and culturally have been signed um, between Venezuela, Caribbean countries, and um, the African continent. Mm-hmm. And the one really important thing I want to emphasize is that in um, Venezuela's kind of reparations model is that it did host the first ever international reparations summit in in May of last year, which May is Afro-Venezuelan History Month. So folks are really, you know, Venezuela is doing a lot of incredible work to change this historical tide um, that we've been living under, which is like the U.S. imperialism and U.S. empire. Um, Venezuela is challenging, you know, the legacies of of, U- of U.S. imperialism and European colonialism and saying, you know, we have come to defend not only our independence, but demand what's ours. It's wonderful. I mean, I mean, as you know, the Strategy Center, I was very deeply moved at the World Conference Against Racism uh, by, by a much deeper conversation about reparations by mm-hmm. African people that I'd ever heard. So we want to get more involved in that and maybe go, go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, in the immediacy, now what's, Given sanctions, given what's the level of direct, overt U.S. involvement and what's the – tell us a little bit about what the right wing is doing to destabilize the government. Well, you know, the Venezuelan opposition that we most see in the United States, um, you know, that has the face of Leopoldo Lopez, who was a Venezuelan or is a former uh, Venezuelan politician uh, who was the kind of – part of the intellectual architects of the Guarimba violence that we saw in 2014, 2015, and 2017, in addition to Juan Guaido, who is a new face in the Venezuelan opposition in many ways. Um, this opposition that calls on violence, that calls upon the United States to intervene militarily or to allegedly deliver you know, humanitarian aid, um, is a radical wing of the opposition that does not have as much support as people in the United States actually would believe them to have. And um, is one that will pursue any option on the table. So we see the the implementation and the intervention of U.S. economic sanctions. Uh, Canada also has economic sanctions, different countries in Europe. Um, Also, in the last uh, few months, there have been so many... um, you know, legal seizures of Venezuelan assets in different international banks um, in Britain, in Portugal, um, you know, billions of dollars. Uh, the cost of economic sanctions ranges anywhere between 23 billion and several hundred billions of dollars just in the last uh, four to five years alone. 
Um, and we've seen the impact of economic sanctions in the case of Cuba, for example, with the blockade um, for decades, which has really prevented um, Cuba to be able to develop on its own terms. Um, and in spite of that, you know, Cuba and Venezuela, for example, have done incredible work to try and maintain a semblance of normalcy in their countries and to actually meet the material needs of their people. You know, Venezuela in the last 20 years has built a diplomatic model that's based on reciprocity, respect, cooperation, and, you know, mutual support. So, you know, countries across Central America, the Caribbean, you know, we've seen incredible ways where Venezuela has actually been able to you know, meet the material needs of their people in spite of actually having very less um, economic resources to do so or challenges. Uh, because the other uh, major deficit has been uh, the changing in global oil prices. I was just going to say that. Right, right. <laughs> Of course, you know, in Venezuela, um, even though in both uh, President um, Hugo Chavez's uh, uh, national plan, El Plan de la Patria, which was from 2013, 2019, and Nicolás Maduro, his plan, De la Patria, from 2019-2025, both explicitly talk about diversifying the Venezuelan economy, it's not that easy to move from uh, oil-producing, you know, monocrop-dependent culture economy, which is a colonial legacy. It's not Venezuela by its own design chose to only produce oil. Um, But now in this era of, you know, Venezuela trying to, you know, become more independent, trying to become a country that can actually uh, produce what it, you know, consumes nationally, like Nicaragua, for example, produces 90% of what it actually consumes. Um, and in Venezuela, people want to do that. People want to do that with their communes. They want to do that with their agriculture. But that type of thing takes time. That's not something that happens in five years. And it's not necessarily something that only can happen in 20 years. And even less so when you have the United States, which is like the greatest empire of our times, um, you know, essentially breathing down your throat and, attacking and dropping bombs, not just in, you know, the literal sense, right, uh, which we've seen, like you mentioned in Cuba, but um, through banking and also through other measures, the media and mainstream media uh, manipulation, um, political intervention, et cetera. Uh, the voice you're hearing is Jeanette Charles, uh, who's just done really excellent work as a friend of the Venezuelan Revolution and also as an interpreter of the Venezuelan Revolution to uh, particularly oppressed nationality communities inside the United States. Yeah, no kidding, Jeanette Charles, terrific presentation. Uh, so this is Eric Mann. This is where we're going to go. And uh, you're on Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement building show. You're on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. Org, and uh, you're, you're streaming on Facebook, and I got to remember how to say that. Uh, there's stuff about uh, SoundCloud and our podcast, but I want to do now for a minute some serious talk with our listeners about our responsibilities here. The first thing I'm trying to explain is Channing Martinez and I work very hard on the show to produce it. And we do need more response from our listeners. We right now, I was involved, of course, in the movements against the war in Vietnam. We had Democrats, far better than Bernie Sanders, who said the war is really, really wrong. Democrats who stood up, George McGovern, among many others, Frank Church. They were peace candidates, peace candidates, not Uh, Medicare for all candidates, but peace candidates who said the United States should stop crushing Cuba, the United States should stop intervening in uh, 
Dominican Republic should stop, of course, killing people in Vietnam. Notice, if you listen to the debates, there was not one peace candidate there. Uh, there was uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, I don't know how to say his name, Buttigieg, I think. He at least said the only way to stop wars is to not start them in the first place, which is a good point, but he didn't relate to anything in particular. So here's what I'm going. We need to know who's out there, uh, especially people who are like us. So I need to get emails that Eric at Voices from the Front Lines. We need you to go on the radio, sh uh, on the site, voicesfromthefrontlines.com, and register if you're not already registered. If you are registered, you got today's email that we put out every Tuesday to remind you of what's on the show. And to we do a lot of, we do three or four hours, or certainly two hours to just put together that email. So I want to know who's listening. Uh, and I need you to call Bernie Sanders' office. And that is 202-224-5141. You know, we always go 818-985-5735 during the fund drive. This is 202-224-5141. Senator Sanders, I'm appalled at what you said about the Venezuelan people. I didn't know, or now I do, that they're 60% black. And guess what, Senator Sanders? What's the black population of Vermont, sir, who you represent? Did you know there's only 7,000 black people in the whole state? 1%? And you're attacking black people in Latin America who are trying to have self-government? You have less than a million people in Vermont, and you've stolen your own Senate seat because you shouldn't have a Senate seat. I'm serious, in a state of less than a million people, virtually all of whom are white. So we'll go back to your free elections. We need free elections in Vermont by taking 350,000 black people from South Central and move to Vermont and take over the whole state. But we'll come back to that. And then bring it back to South Central or something. We'll, we'll figure that out. But I'm saying I'm appalled. I'm sorry. I try to get behind Bernie sometimes, but he has just called for the overthrowing of Allende except now Allende's name is Maduro. So who cares out there? That's what I'm trying to figure out, and I mean that. So I want to know, are you going to call Are you going to call Bernie Sanders' office with any level of criticism that he is supporting with John Bolton and uh, Elliot Abrams, the intervention in Venezuela? And I'm going to be on this for three or four days. I don't know if anybody's listening, but I'm going to at least try to do everything I can so his number, write it down again, 202-224-5141. Then you send me an email, eric, at Voices from the Frontlines. Yes, I did it. Of course, they didn't answer, but I left the message. And I want to get more involved in helping the people of Cuba, the people of Venezuela. Because <clears throat> what we're not understanding is the United States came into being, of course, to the Spanish creating genocide on this continent. There were 100 million people who lived here for 14,000 years without Europeans, thank God. And in one century, the Europeans wiped out 90% of the people, of the indigenous people here. Do you care? I, I still lose sleep over it today. It's not ancient history to me. Uh, 
then the British came and fought the Spanish and fought the French and eventually took over a lot of the Americas. They cut some deals with the, uh, with the Native Americans, with the Indian people. And then a group of right-wing white Americans, white uh, British, basically, tried to form their own country called the United States of America, which Gerald Horn calls the great counter-revolution of 1776 because the people who started the United States were even more racist than the British, were worse towards the uh, Indian people, which is why many Indians and black people sided with the British against the United States when they didn't want it to be independent. So that's the country we have. Then they set up a state system. So don't complain about the electoral college. It was set up that way. Any little colony could be called a state. It gets two senators. Even it has only one representative, I swear, which is what Vermont has. That means you have 50 different states with two senators. You can't really change this system. Um, Elizabeth Warren is wrong about, you know, there's money in Washington. There's been money in Washington since the, the uh, settlers came here. The problem isn't money in Washington. The problem is it's an imperialist country. And Elizabeth, you're not going to bring honesty to a dishonest country. But when you listen to that democratic debate, all you hear is China stole our intellectual property. I'm going to come back to that. China stole this. Wait a minute. The United States and Britain stole China, colonized China. Now that China, under a communist government, is setting up its own industries, stealing intellectual property. Bernie has said that. Uh, I don't have the exact quote from Elizabeth Warren. Kamala Harris said it big time. Joe Biden said it. They just keep repeating it. The Chinese war, the war with the Chinese, the trade war with the Chinese, um, stealing it, dumping their stuff, substandard, says uh, Kamala Harris, dumping substandard products. If I'm listening and I'm a white conservative somewhere in the United States, well, I already want to go to war with the blacks. I already want to go with with the Latino says the conservative white person, not just for Trump. And now apparently the Democrats want me to go to war with China, to war with Iran, and to war with Venezuela. I'm asking you, are there any anti-war Democrats listening to this show who would say to Bernie Sanders, this is unacceptable, I'm calling you at 202-224-5141. So I'm issuing a challenge to you as, as our listeners to see how much you care about this show. I really am, because I'm not quitting, Don't but I'm a little fed up. I am. Because I organize 24-7, and I'm asking myself, is it worth, you know, I could just come in here and talk and not prepare, but I want to know who cares about the show, but more importantly, who cares about the people of Venezuela. So, we're going to go to the phone soon. Eight one oh Facebook, at Eric Mann Speaks. SoundCloud, at Voices from the Frontlines, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. So, we're going to go to the phone soon, 818-985-5735. Um, if you want to tell me how great Bernie Sanders is, you'll get your one minute. You will. Uh, but that's how much you, everybody gets one minute. If you want to talk about 
helping the people of Venezuela, you might get a few more. It's free speech radio, but we already have, Bernie already controls the media, and this is our show. So, uh, I don't have much more to say, except that in watching the Democratic Convention or the Democratic candidates, I dreamed of, uh, I hate to say it, even John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, who were war hawks. And Kennedy talked about, after all, peaceful coexistence with the Soviets, that we have to learn to, to exist in the world because they have nuclear weapons and so do we. Kennedy came out against the war in Vietnam. McCarthy came out against the war in Vietnam. The best Democrat of all, who is so far better than Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, George McGovern, was killed by the Democratic Party in his own election. So we'll get to that in a minute. 818-985-5735. I have more to say, but we'll start with uh, Lauren from Granada Hills. Hello, you're on. Hello. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines. Hi. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I, I'm listening to everything you're saying. I understand you have a different way of. I mean, I guess a very. You're very informed, and you, you have a kind of a different way of thinking about. Would I guess what we look at, or what I look at, and my my daughter is looking at and listening to. So a couple of things is that, like for instance, Warren and did say stuff about anti-war at the in the debate. Uh, Sanders is a lifelong anti-war person, whether or not they said something specifically in the debate or not, because they they just had that one question about the. Uh, um, Afghanistan. So I'm a little. Uh, we're, we're hoping for the best in that regard. That Sanders and Warren and our Democrats will be anti-war. Um, that's one thing. I don't know if you want to respond to that. Yeah, and and it's very nice. Let me make that your thing. Is that okay? Because there'll be other calls, and I think you expressed it well. Uh, okay. Let me respond. And and you're absolutely right. I do see things differently. Um, the first thing is we still have a problem, which is you're more interested in defending Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders than defending real people in Venezuela who are being overthrown right now by the United States government. Bernie Sanders made three anti-war remarks about a war that he has no ability to stop. He said, I voted against the war in Iraq. Good for him. He said, I, w- I voted against the military budget. But you know, Bernie, you know the military budget passed, right? So voting against something is easy. In other words, if you know it's going to pass 90 to 10 or 300 to 10, yeah, you wanted the 10. You can run around and say, I voted against it. But did you stop it? After you voted against it, what did you do, Bernie? Nothing. See, and, you know, but other people put themselves in front of troop trains or other people actually tried to stop the military. Bernie just says, I voted against it. So when you said, our Democrats, that's my problem. Why, if I say Venezuela, would you say he's good on something else? I'd like to answer why. Because you care more about Bernie Sanders than the people of Venezuela. Isn't that fair? 
Well, my I, my my real question was my my understanding about the Venezuelan. Okay, go ahead. Uh, because the I I mean I believe that we should have been staying out of interference with Venezuela a long time ago, but now I can't find this information that your guest was uh, saying anywhere online, even Al Jazeera, okay. BBC. Okay, here's what I want to do. It's called the Venezuela Analysis. It's terrific. V-E-N, no, the, the name Venezuela ends with the A. Then the A keeps going to analysis, only one A, okay? VenezuelaAnalysis.com. And by the way, you're really nice. I mean, you're very open-minded, and I hope you understand I'm respectful of what you're saying. I'm just asking you, go on Venezuela Analysis, send me an email at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com, and listen every week, and thanks for your call. All right, thank you. All right, you take care. Uh, Harley and Downey. Uh, may I call you Eric? Uh, sure. Uh, I, uh, have, I've, I haven't been following you constantly, but I've known of the marvelous work you've done, starting with the Bus Riders Union. I know, I believe you used to work for one of the automobile manufacturing companies, and uh, I greatly admire, uh, you know, what you, what you have been doing, the fact that you are in South Central there, you know. Uh, I wanted to... Uh, call your attention to one thing uh, I heard over the I heard Bernie Sanders talking to a group of Native Americans uh, about uh, you know about his feelings about them especially about the genocide and uh, I was very moved by what he had to say to them I don't know whether you have heard that or not but um, you might possibly want to uh, want to live want to look it up I uh, uh, as far as Venezuela is concerned and African Americans are concerned, I have the feeling that he has the same feeling for African Americans that he has for um, you know for uh, Native Americans. Uh, so anyway, I, I let, me, let me respond. It's very nice what you said. I mean, I I'm gonna, I don't know if there's a political psychiatrist I'll go to next, but you were very generous. And let me just go back. I think you, you, yes, you know who I am. I. Uh, was an auto worker for over 10 years. I worked at the GM plant, uh, worked on the assembly line with workers. I was one. I helped to keep the Van Nuys plant open for 10 years, so thanks a lot for knowing about my work. Yes, I did help to initiate the Bus Riders Union, and yes, I am working in South Central Los Angeles. So that means a lot. Also, if you go back and listen, see, to give credit where credit is due, I did a whole show on Bernie and Elizabeth at that Native American candidates night and spoke very highly of them. But I think this is what I just don't even understand. Um, (laughs) If somebody is really good on one, two, and three and brutal on number five, why would you discuss one, two, and three when I'm saying he's brutal on number five? Why can't you say... Yeah, he was good on Native Americans, but he's terrible on Venezuela. The problem is, here's the thing that's important. When Bernie comes out against the war, the, the Pentagon doesn't give a damn. He's just some old Jew from Vermont. That's how they understand him, and that's how they understand me. But when Bernie says that Maduro is a tyrant, that's in the National Review right now. Did you know that? The National Review is raking him over the coals and saying, see, see, see? 
He was originally saying some nice things about Venezuela five years ago, but now, now he's turning on the Venezuelans. So when the CIA goes in, not if the CIA goes in, when liberals say something bad about the United States, they don't care. But if they say something bad about Cuba, even a little, everything you say is used to overthrow Cuba. If you say, he didn't say something small. He said, I want to develop the man as a tyrant, and I want to overthrow him. I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to tell you a story since it's my show. Why am I having trouble <laughs> convincing people when we just heard a wonderful woman talk for 10 minutes about all the great stuff in Venezuela? What's hard about saying I changed my mind? You know what I mean? What's hard about saying, wow, on this one, Bernie's terrible, and yes, I'll call Bernie at 202-224-5141. Well, that, uh, would you do that? And, uh, you go ahead and do that and advocate that others do, but I am not sure whether, I'm still not sure whether Venezuela is a socialist state more on the model of Stalinism or Titoism, or whether it is you know, um, on, the, on the model of democratic socialism. Okay, thank okay. you very much. I want to take a minute on that because what he's now saying is, after all those very nice things, I'm not sure if, what if Venezuela is communist. Well, is that a basis for U.S. intervention? Okay, Freddie, I'd like to hear Freddie. Hey, Freddie from L.A. Yeah, Eric, I agree with what you just said. It's kind of like these are folks who want to, they're, they're in favor of socialism everywhere except where someone is actually trying to develop That's it. Right. That's so right. they might, you know, how socialist they are, I don't care. They're trying to do things. They've made great improvements. I'm glad you had the sister on, and people should check out Venezuela Analysis. They should also check out the Gray Zone Project. And they Gray Zone out, Project? Uh-huh, Gray Zone Project. Uh, Max Blumenthal does really good work there. Ben yeah, Hall. yeah, yeah. And others who really are on the ground, they have visited Venezuela, uh, it, a similar situation with Nicaragua, where last year, you know, the U.S. does their thing with USAID and other, you know, other front groups to try to get people. You know, this is not to say that these countries don't have problems, but the solution is not to invade them. Like, that never works out. And so it's strange that um, the people who supposedly on, are on the left, and I don't just mean Bernie Sanders, because I agree, I voted for him the primary I, you know, he's problematic, though. I know that. There are other people who are critical of him, who claim they're socialists. And even on this station, your show is one of the few shows where I'm hearing people taking this issue up. You know, people are, are just, um, uh, even if they don't say, let's invade, I agree. When they come down hard on Venezuela, they might as well be saying, let's invade, because that's, that's the dog whistle right there. Uh, and I'm really disappointed with Bernie because I agree. It sounds like he's, you know, all but calling for an invasion. And the other thing is that economic sanctions... Well, hold on a second. Uh, I want to just build on that point, and, and I'll, I'll, we'll go to sanctions in a minute. Um, hold on. The, as you said, socialism, meaning real socialism, as you said, revolutionary socialism has never been allowed to exist without an invasion. 
So how do you know the United? What I was trying to do in that long story about the United States is the United States built imperialism with no foreign threat whatsoever. It controls the entire hemisphere militarily. They can do right now. They have a million black people in prison. Nobody's going to do anything to invade them, which they should. I mean it. This is where I am now. They have 500,000 Latinos. The United States can do whatever it wants, plus it has nuclear weapons. That's the only country in the world that's been ugly enough to use it. Now, small country like Nicaragua or Guatemala or Venezuela is not so small. They have a revolution, and through an election of all things, and people in the United States go, well, I don't know. I heard they did this wrong, and I heard they did this wrong. That's the imperialist voice. Uh, I'm working on another thing calling uh, U.S. imperialism a full participation sport. Large numbers of people in the United States participate actively in imperialism, which is why it's hard to get them to be anti-imperialist. So I want to get another caller in, but um, would you call and, and would you send me an email so we can keep the conversation going? At Eric at Voices from the Frontlines. Is that okay. a deal? I'm, I'm, I'm calling Bernie Sanders' office. To Good. Think of, All right. We got a deal. <laughs> All right. So listen, I really would like to keep the conversation going with you. Very thoughtful, okay? And we'll talk about sanctions next. I got another caller. All right. Okay. Thanks. I want to talk to about Paul, who called Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. Eight, one. Now, listen, Sammy, if you call him, then you send an email to me, eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I just wanted to say I called at the answering machine right now because it's ghost time, and uh, and I'm going to call tomorrow. That's outrageous what he said. I, you know, I don't. Thanks. Well, that's and give me the number. <clears throat> of course, and if you would please send me. Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm coughing. Hold on. If you could please send me an email at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com so we could stay in touch with you. It is outrageous. Thank you for saying it's outrageous. Here's the thing, and I'm going to go to the next caller, is that Bernie and even Elizabeth think they can get away with murder. You know, they do some good things. I listened to, you know, Elizabeth Warren did some really good things about Native Americans, which I don't have to keep telling you that. But when they do something wrong, I mean, you know, there's people, liberation theologists, they actually believe in Christianity and Catholicism, but they take on their own church when it's wrong, and they've paid a hell of a penalty for it. So all I'm saying is if you're in a union and you believe in your union, but then the union leadership does something wrong, you don't say, hey, I believe in unions. We got that point. But where's your independence in this conversation? I'm shocked at how many Bernie supporters have no critical intervention with him. But that's their problem, not mine. Uh, Charletta, I'd like to hear, and Frank Durrell, I'd like to hear him. Charletta, how are you? You're on with Eric Mann on Voices from the Frontlines. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you're taking this up. We get so misinformed about Venezuela. The sanctions on Russia also are a problem because people are so misinformed about what happened in the Ukraine. This is American meddling. Our country is strangling the economy of Venezuela. Nobody could exist. I mean, it's it's surprising they're doing as well as they are with what the United States is doing to them and what the United Kingdom is also doing to them, uh, strangling their economy, keeping them from getting their proceeds from their petroleum, 
to keep their socialist country going properly. And that's impacting Haiti. Um, you know, it's just, there's so much misinformation out there, and people really honestly don't know. And uh, I'm very concerned about that. Well, Carla, thank you very much. Send me an email. I'm going to keep saying it, Eric, at Voices from the Frontlines. Check us out on Facebook at Eric Man Speaks. Go on SoundCloud and listen to our podcast at Voices from the Frontlines and give us whatever those ratings are that's supposed to be great, thumbs up, five stars, whatever it is. Uh, Voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Go on our site and register. The thing is, is that, you know, when, when you're listening to the Democrats, and I'm going to go to Frank Durrell in a minute, they keep saying we want to be with our allies, with our European allies. Like, these are the European colonialists that's really disgusting, as she was saying. They're stealing, you know, they say the Chinese, which they're not, are taking intellectual property. But the British, as she just pointed out, thank you so much, are confiscating the actual proceeds of Venezuela in their own banks because they are the ultimate crooks. Ask the people in India about the British. Frank Durrell on Addicted to War, talk to me. Hi, Eric. Hey, Frank. I really want to thank you for covering this today. Um, I watched that debate, and I, I I have been supporting Bernie. I've actually been sending money to him and everything. And then I saw him make that statement, and it's like, whoa, damn, what's wrong here? That's right. So I appreciate that you're covering this. I already emailed him. I'm going to call them, and I think I'm going to tell them, if you don't correct that, I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not going to give you any more money. That Those are the two words he listens to, money, vote, money, vote. Keep going, Frank. Well, I'm just so, once again, I'm repeating myself. I'm really glad you're covering this because it's important. You know, everything I do is about U.S. foreign policy, and that woman just said it before me. Um, you know, it's U.S. meddling, U.S. intervention, CIA, propaganda, all this is wrecking the people's lives in Venezuela, not Maduro. And I've talked to many people who've been there, you know, but here Bernie's spouting out, as you said earlier, what uh, Henry said <laughs> It's, it's sad, man. Well, I'll tell you, Frank, uh, I had a talk, of course, with my wife, Leanne, and she was uh, <laughs> on a roll, too, because we, see, we come out of this anti-imperialist tradition. So Leanne was just talking about Blaise Bonpain, right? And can you imagine if Blaise was still here, that he and I, of course, would be on the same length. Uh, my dear friend, Arison Agnos, who helped the people in Venezuela, uh, in Venezuela helped the people in, in Nicaragua, he gave a million dollars of his own money to the people in Nicaragua to set up a health clinic. So there are people like us in the United States who see through the United States. That's all. If the United States is carrying out slavery, which it is with a million black people in prison, then you become an abolitionist. I don't get it how hard this is because, as you said, Frank, we need somebody like you who says, hey, Bernie, I voted for you. I gave you money. That's the end of my money. That's the end of my vote unless you change it. He won't change it, but he's got to know there's some consequences to it that somebody saw because he's moving to the right. You see, what they do is this. He thinks, you know, they keep saying you're a socialist, you're a socialist. He says, all right, you know what? I may be a socialist, but I'm going to invade Venezuela. That's ugly U.S. chauvinism, and he should pay for it. Yeah. I'm going to go to another call, Frank. Okay, but, hey, Frank, you and I are still due for lunch. Let's make it happen, okay? And everybody check out Addicted to War. It's a terrific website and email that he puts out pretty much every day that I read every day. And Frank Durrell also is one of the best uh, online magazines because I go to plays that he recommends. I buy things he recommends. So you should uh, 
Keep up the good work, Frank. Okay, okay, Eric. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, Nancy. Let's hear my friend Nancy. Go, Nancy. Boy, I heard that speech by, um, you know, and I was just so angry cause, because I, I did have to call, call um, God, and I's name is slipping my mind. <laughs> um, I did have to call. Um, Bernie Sanders, 202-224-5141. And, Jenny, we'll have it up on the website, right, all those numbers? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I called him, and it was easy to get in. No one else was calling at the time. But, I, you know, I said, this is imperial, and there's nothing, you know, um, uh, Maduro is not a dictator, number one. That's right. Uh, and number two, um, um, th- this is imperialism, and there's nothing socialist about being imperialist. And then I'll, I didn't say this on the, on the phone, but I'll add this to it. Um, we, if we're going to support a Green New Deal and support all the problems uh, with climate change, with climate chaos, uh, one of the, the most big greenhouse productions comes from the Pentagon. That's right. And so we, you know, we had to solve our problems, uh, you know, uh, and get all fossil fuels and, and get rid of capitalism and imperialism. And they Thank you, together. Nancy. I'm going to let you go with that because I want to get the last word in, okay? That was Nancy. You're great. So listen, our listeners, uh, do send emails again to Eric at Voices from the Frontlines and to Channing at thestrategycenter.org. Check us out on Facebook at Eric Mann Speaks. You can, uh, on Twitter, it's at Eric Mann. What's it at? At Eric Mann Speaks? Yeah, Twitter at Eric Mann Speaks. SoundCloud, Voices from the Frontlines. We know we're a minority, by the way, in case you don't know it. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to all of you out there. I'm trying to put some ideas out that once upon a time in the anti-war movement, and the civil rights movement, these were the dominant ideas, for God's sake. Any Democrat who got up and said, I want to have an intervention in Venezuela, we wouldn't touch him. LBJ, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? Bernie Sanders, hey, 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 how many Venezuelans did you kill today? You have blood on your hands, Bernie Sanders. You better stop what you're doing, and we need to stand up. And the people who like him the most, you're the people who could influence them the most, which is 202-224-5141. You can say, you know, that Eric Mann goes too far, but Bernie, you're just wrong on this. Do you have the courage to tell Bernie Sanders he's wrong? That's my challenge to you. And Lena Simone is on my side, not yours. And so I got to face the final curtain. Friends, 